Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show, Thursday the 18th of January. Loz and Clarkie back next week. Ben Whale hosts with them and then Mido returns on the 29th of January. A big year ahead and a reminder, anyone out in the Campbelltown or wider area who's keen on a night at the races with the Big Sports Breakfast, clubmanangle.com.au, uh, Saturday the 17th of February, just before the Sky Carnival of Miracles takes place and ramps up. So three-course dinner, live racing, special guest tips, etc. Head to clubmanangle.com.au for that. Adam Pengelly joining us this morning. Adam, good morning to you. Some great cricket in terms of uh, being able to watch some of the best in the world uh, take the field in Adelaide yesterday. Australia 2 for 59 at Stumps. West Indies 188. Kawaja resumes on 30. Green on 6. Looking forward to seeing Cameron Green craft his innings today. But Steve Smith dismissed for 12. Court, Justin Greaves bold. Shamar Joseph, his first delivery in Test cricket. Congratulations to him. Spoke really well after play. A great story. And uh, text on 0419767. 272. Old mate from Yamina. Do we know if Nathan Lyon congratulated Shamar on joining the rather exclusive wicket first test ball club? Amazing, isn't it, Will? Do you remember who Nathan Lyon took his, who, who he dismissed for his first test wicket? I don't remember, but you just said it. Kumar Sangakara. <laughs> what a wicket to get for your first test mm. wicket. Kumar Sangakara, one of the all time modern day greats. I'll, I'll put it in those terms, Kumar Sangakara. And yeah, great to see Shamar Joseph. From a West Indies point of view, and for his own career, take the wicket of Steve yeah. Smith with his first ball it was certainly a highlight of the the first day there yesterday. Australia obviously still in control. You would think of that match, but a couple of early wickets this morning, and you never know. It's a funny game, cricket. Uh, Batman says on Smudge, I think Tubby Taylor once said, a good opener knows which balls to leave. This is Smithy's greatest challenge, in my view. The ball yesterday was fourth, fifth stump line and a foot high, so should have been left alone. It was a good delivery, though, and Shamar Joseph said that he'd identified Smith's weaknesses mm-hmm. around that top of off mark, and he reset himself, went back, took his mark, big deep breath, calmed the nerves, and then he ran. So uh, impressive delivery and told his teammates that he was going to take a wicket with his first ball. <laughs> he just wasn't expecting it to be Steve Smith. <laughs> I, t- I don't know you have the confidence to tell your teammates saying, doesn't matter, I'm playing yeah, my, my first this. test match. Oh, I'm going to take a wicket on my first <laughs> ball, let alone Steve Smith. So anyway, yeah. good on him. Uh, and then uh, this is a one about commentators and ridiculous comments that fall from their respective lips. Yesterday near the close of play, Justin Langer suggested of Cam Green, he's arguably the greatest gully fieldsman we have produced. Really, for heaven's sake, he has only played 25 tests. Yet another example of a so-called expert having a goldfish-like memory which goes back years rather than decades. That's from the lawyer. It's a long day in the box of a <laughs> cricket match, isn't it? But, I mean, that is a big call. He's a very good fielder. Oh, he's, ex- he's excellent in the gully, but to say that he's the greatest gully fieldsman we've ever produced is probably a pretty big call. I, I, I used to like Steve Waugh standing in the gully. Remember Steve Waugh in the gully, mm-hmm. Will? He used to stand there with his arms folded and you know, his tattered baggy green cap and probably chirping it quietly, oh, mumbling under his yeah, breath at a couple right. of opposing of He yeah. was a great gully fieldsman, yeah. Steve Waugh. Probably not quite as tall, obviously not as tall mm. as Cameron Green and maybe not quite as athletic, but he didn't miss many opportunities in the gully, did he, Steve Waugh? No. So in the Big Bash, the Thunder and Renegades at Sydney Showground was abandoned without a ball last night. The Thunder finishes bottom of the ladder and the finals start tomorrow night, the Heat versus the Sixers. We've got Sean Abbott coming up soon. Some other cricket, India and Afghanistan. India won the third T20 after two super overs. India four for 212. Afghanistan six for 212. Rohit Sharma, 121 off 69 deliveries. Eight sixes and 11 fours. It wasn't the most remarkable 2020 <laughs> innings we saw yesterday, though. New Zealand and Pakistan. New Zealand lead the five-match T20 series 3-0. They won yesterday by 45 runs in Dunedin. 
New Zealand 7 for 224 batting first. Finn Allen, 137 off 62 balls. He was 16 sixes. Quite something on that wicket in Dunedin. Finn Allen, big effort. I just shake my head, Will. Like, it's just, it seems like it's almost commonplace now for guys just to make hundreds in T20 cricket, and it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. But to get 137 off, what, 62 balls, you say? Yeah. That's incredible. And I think I saw the list, the international list. Aaron Finch still holds two of the top three scores in mm-hmm. men's. T20 internationals for Australia and sometimes we forget how good Aaron Finch was back in his heyday. Yep, it's true. And retiring from the Big Bash, the uh, Thunder and Renegades as mentioned, washed out last night. But the finals starting tomorrow. Sydney Sixers taking on Brisbane Heat on the Gold Coast. The Sixers with a good win against the Scorchers and one of their stars, Sean Abbott, joins us. Sean, always great to have you join us. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks, gents. How are we going? Very, very well, thank you. Congrats on the win. Uh, the bags would have been packed in in case that was uh, what transpired. Go from Perth over to Queensland. Uh, what's the feeling like within the group, knowing you've, you've got the double chance and you take on the heat tomorrow night? Yeah, we were obviously ecstatic. You could probably see from the celebrations the other night. Um, huge win for us, obviously, to get up over a good team on their home turf. You know, they obviously don't lose there too much, but... Um, we're up against a pretty good team tomorrow night as well, but uh, the lads are very confident. Um, you know, we've had a good couple of days um, and we've got a pretty good record against the Heat, but um, they've obviously been in pretty good form this year. Sean, you had a front row seat, obviously, for that last over with Moses Henriques. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it nine off three balls so you needed to win and he hit that huge six over deep square leg? I'm, I'm fascinated to see what sort of conversation happens between two batters in a situation like that. Do you just let him do his business or is it a quiet word that's had in between deliveries? Um, yeah, I was thinking about it after. It's actually, it's not always so straightforward because from my point of view, I've just, I've obviously just got out there to bat and Moe had been out there for a while and he was flying, but he was obviously, um, he'd done a lot of running and he was not out on his haunches a little bit, but there was certainly an element of having to talk to him enough to make sure he was, you know, still concentrated, not, not still concentrating, but still, you know, uh, you know, fully present and worried about the next ball. And then obviously there's also the other side where, you know, he's played so many games. He's been such a, he always turns up in, in the finals and our biggest games and, you know, just let him go and, and do his thing. And, that, and that's what he did. Dan Hughes was also good. A couple of the veterans mixing it in and um, getting the job done. That squad depth we know is so important in the big bash. But um, what was it like seeing Dan Hughes return and, and make those runs at the top? That was one of the, the, the best innings I've seen from Daniel. I mean, we've seen him score a ton of domestic runs, especially in the one-day format. But, you know, that, that's not an easy wicket to go out there and do do that on and play those sort of wickets on against, especially against guys like Jason Barendorf, whose record is unbelievable, as we all know. And Lance is obviously sending it down at a decent clip. So um, but we dominated that power play, and that, and that was huge for us because that's when the ball tends to move around a bit at Optus. And... You know, all the teams and the commentators speak about how the uh, the Scorchers lads, um, you know, really back end their innings and how and how how, m- how many runs they can make up at the back end of the innings. So, um, for Huey to go out there and play like that from ball one along with Vincey was incredible. Sean, sure, you going you're going to the Gold Coast to play the Heat, aren't you, this week uh, uh, mm-hmm. at Metricon Stadium? Just give us an insight into how yep. different you think the conditions will be compared to the Gabba. Yeah, we've just I've just woken up at the Gold Coast, mate. Just adjusted the time <laughs> difference, coming all the way from Perth. But um, um, yeah, completely different conditions at uh, Metricon Stadium compared to to Optus. I don't think there'll be anywhere near as much pace and bounce in the wicket. Um, and 
you know, a fairly smaller ground as well with some odd pockets, not being really a clear ground. And the and the pitch is sort of placed on a bit of a, an angle. So, yeah, um, we've played up there a few times. It's been a bit of an indifferent wicket at times. You know, sometimes we've had some where the ball, you know, sort of kicks through or, and stays low. It's sort of in the same game or about other games where it's been a little bit flatter. So, um, you know, it's, unfortunately, it's just one of those ones where we're just probably going to have to suck it and see tomorrow. What confidence do you take from that away win, Perth Scorchers? I think it was a nine-game unbeaten stretch, which in 2020 cricket is quite something at their their furnace, as they call it. Uh, it'll be a parochial Brisbane Heat crowd on the Gold Coast. You'd, you'd imagine it'll be selling out, if, if not very close to. What what confidence do you take from that ability to go into someone else's domain and, and beat them like that? Yeah, like, you could. Um, it's pretty obvious, by the way, we celebrated mm. the other day. Um, you know. We we knew that we were up against it. You know they play so well at home, um, but we 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 had some confidence from last year. We felt like we probably should have beat them last year. Um, it was another close game, and we just sort of let things slide. And you know last night we were sort of looking to do the same a bit. You know we we'll, we weren't probably bowling our best a couple of us, and we and we dropped a fair few catches, um, and then it was over to the batters to go and bat the way that they did, but. Um, you know, we're confident going into that match, but, um, you know, obviously, again, you know, we seem to have this ability every year to, you know, whether we've been playing well throughout the season or our form leading into the finals hasn't been the best. We've always seemed, seemed to find a way to really step up in the finals and, and get our cricket going in the right direction in, in these games like tomorrow. So um, obviously going to be another big task tomorrow with um, the heat at, at their, you know, at their home ground, but, Really, their home grounds are the Gabba. Um, mm. You know, they don't play That's too many more games at Metricon than, and than probably we do, and it's very different conditions at Metricon than what you'd get at the Gabba. So, um, and as I said, our record against the Heat is, is quite good, so we're pretty keen to to turn them over to run out of their home on their home turf. Now, Sean, before we let you go, we've got a, got a slight bone to pick with you. We had you on the program just before <laughs> Christmas on the same day as the IPO auction, and you sort of said, "Boys, if I get to go for a decent price, we can go out for a drink or something like that and, and celebrate afterwards." Is there anything yeah. going on behind the scenes? Is there a contract forthcoming? What's what's the latest? <laughs> no, there's not. I was I wasn't enticing enough for someone to raise the paddle up, unfortunately. But um, uh, no, nothing nothing going on there. So I'll have to be waiting for an injury replacement or something. But um, keen to get across to the UK. Yeah, I can I can show you the sights and sounds of London if. If you guys get over, I might um, try and play some county cricket. So. We we hope everyone's been watching your form in the Big Bash because uh, whatever the situation, you've been able to step up. And, and just keen to ask you about a couple of the heat um, heat bowlers and, and the focus from a batting perspective on those guys. Xavier Bartlett's had a great tournament. Tall Paul Walter, yep. a, a, a true 2020 story in terms of coming up, maybe a bit unheralded, but a cult figure. What What's the focus yep. with some of their bowling attack, knowing that you guys need to put on a good total? Um, yeah, I think from from our point of view, I think you know it's probably you know not too many secrets, but our our, our batting attack, um, you know, our batting lineup is one that's we've always been very good at you know going out there and, and summing up conditions, and it almost feels like for the opposition, you know, sort of death by a thousand cuts sometimes because you you know we're not the the team that sort of you know goes out and clearing deep mid wicket by thirty rows, you know, a couple of times and over. We just sort of we play great cricket shots. Uh, we all play spin quite well. Um, you know, we seem to get the ball into the outfield in the gaps and we've got a great running game and then we'll pick up, you know, our boundaries as we need to and then we sort of get the innings going that way. So, um, 
No, the Heat boys will know that. And, you know, I think they're they're pretty inexperienced in terms of their defensive bowling stuff. And we've got quite an experienced lineup uh, with the bat. So, um, you know, big tall Paul, he's had, he's had a good summer. But, you know, I played with him last year at Manchester and he bowled, he bowled well there. And he'd only, um, you know, he saw that he bowled well for a few games, you know. And I was like, man, what's, where's this come from? And he goes, man, I haven't bowled for a couple of years, you know. <laughs> Essex don't bowl me. I've, I've been injured. So, used to be a big hairy quick and, you know, it, it sort of turned into a batter who bowls a bit. So, um, but they've got great spinners, you know, they've, they've, they've all had a very good year. They've, they're a very well-rounded lineup, um, you know, but we've got a hell of a batting lineup with a lot of experience and we, we seem to be doing well in these sorts of games every year. So, um, yeah, we'll be putting them under some pressure tomorrow night. Yeah, we look forward to it. Things coming together very nicely at the right time of the season for the Sixers. Sean, um, just finally, not sure how much of the, the first day of the test you saw with uh, the, the transit from Perth over to the Gold Coast, but Paddy Cummins and Josh Hazelwood, four wickets apiece. Uh, Steve Smith, just the 12 opening the batting. Thoughts on day one? Yeah, I was I missed a fair bit of it wrestling for some um, armrest space, but uh, <laughs> no, it was class from the boys. I mean, you know, to put it to win the toss and put a team in um, into bat in the test match it obviously comes with a bit of pressure, but um, those two lads got we just showed how classy they are. And I saw that um, Stark obviously bowled quite well as well. So um, yeah, I was a big host for Smudge. I think you, I don't think they're going to get him out second innings if they get a chance to mm. chuck him in second innings. So um, yeah, not to worry, he'll be right. Good on you, Sean. Really appreciate your time. Best of luck tomorrow night, and, and congrats on the season so far. Thanks, gents. Appreciate you having me on. Sean Abbott from the Sydney Sixers. We've loved being able to chat with Sean about the way the Sixers have gone, but cricket in general, uh, he's, he's a great ambassador for the sport, and I know the Sixers love having him involved. So that one tomorrow night, Brisbane Heat and the Sydney Sixers on the Gold Coast. Uh, tickets at Ticketek or contact Brisbane Heat. Then Saturday, the Scorchers hosting Adelaide in Perth. The finals will continue regardless of what happens. I've said it a few times. Love the Big Bash. Love the midweek sport and, and getting to know a few of these cricketers that, um, I mean, sure, we know reasonably well, but some of the other stories that we don't necessarily get a chance to dive into. So it's been great. Yeah, I just wonder if the Brisbane Heat are going to give up a bit of a, an advantage there. We'll not being able to play at the Gabba tomorrow yeah, it's night. it's an interesting like, one. Because I've watched a couple of games from that they've played up in the Gabba so far. And so, geez, it's a really good atmosphere. It looks comes through the television anyway mm. that way. On the Gold Coast, I can't imagine it being the same. And clearly the pitch is going to play a lot different at Metricon compared to what you'd usually get at the Gabba. So... That Sixers team and that franchise has been so successful for so long, like pretty much just set and forget. They make the finals mm. every year and just through experience, basically the same core group of guys and oh, they might be a chance of knocking off the heat, you know. Yeah, for sure they are. We'll take a quick break, back with plenty more. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. Will Davies and Adam Pengilly with you. Great to chat with Sean Abbott just now. The Sixers, $1.74. They are favourites with Tab against the Heat, $2.10. Then that match between the Scorchers and Adelaide. The Scorchers, $1.58 at home to Adelaide, $2.40. Uh, you don't mind the Sixers with the uh, the change of venue and the way they're going, do you? Yeah, different setup, Will, isn't it? Playing at Metricon compared to the Gabba um, probably favours the Sixers maybe a little bit more. I'm a little bit worried about the... Just speaking to Sean, then he said he just woke up. Um, hmm. Obviously, just a little while ago. They're the tra- bouncing around. The, yep. tra- the travel schedule's tough to yep. play. To play in Perth, what was it on Tuesday night? We had a long day travelling yesterday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Try and recover today. Um, probably have a light sort of session, I'd imagine, and then get ready for tomorrow night. That's got to take some sort of toll. You would have thought, but the advantage of 
of winning this first qualifier is huge. You get to host yeah. the final, don't you? I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, and in the delay, in the event of any rain, washout or anything like that in the final, you're crown champion. Yeah. So it's a massive, massive match tomorrow night at, on the Gold Coast. Uh, the Australian Open continues today, day five at Melbourne Park. Some of the key matchups uh, that we're looking forward to. Thanasi Kokonakis plays Grigor Dimitrov this afternoon. Roger Rashid, who we had on a little bit earlier, likes Dimitrov to... Uh, fa- well, get over the top of Kokonakis. Uh, Elena Ostapenko versus Isla Tomljanovic. Roger reckons 70-30 the way of Ostapenko. Also today, Max Purcell taking on the number 11th seed, Kasper Ruud. Number one seed on the women's side, Igor Svantec playing Daniel Collins from midday on Rod Laver Arena. Carlos Alcaraz, the men's number two seed, follows that. He takes on Lorenzo Sanago. Jessica Pegula playing Clara Burrell. Uh, Elena Rabakina against Anna Blinkova. Rog likes Rabakina 2-0. Uh, Daniel Medvedev following that against Finland's Emil Rusevori. Uh, Medvedev, he's favouring there against a good Finnish opponent. Holger Runa, the number eight seed, playing Arthur Kazu. Alexander Zverev against Luka Klein. Sloane Stevens against Daria Kasatkina. And Tommy Paul versus Jack Draper. Rog liking Tommy Paul after Jack Draper vomited following his win before. A bit of a tough recovery for Jack Draper. Mm. Um, but the Australian Open continuing. Also today, Katie Bolter, Emma Raducanu, Elena Svitolina, Felix Auger-Aliassime and Victoria Azarenka. And in the Asian Cup tonight, the Socceroos taking on Syria. Socceroos fairly short. Um, should win that one. Then they'll take on Uzbekistan in their next one. Uh, Australia v Syria, 10pm or 10.30pm across Paramount Channel 10 and 10 play. That's Eastern Standard uh, Daylight Time. Uh, and results overnight. Lebanon and China, nil-nil. Tajikistan and Qatar, the other Group A match. Qatar won, beating Tajikistan, nil. Uh, and in the Africa, Africa Cup of Nations, I know you follow this one somewhat closely, Adam. <laughs> Mali beat South Africa, 2-0. Namibia, a big upset against Tunisia, 1-0. Burkina Faso beat Mauritius, 1-0. Those matches are taking place yesterday and overnight. So uh, looking forward to the Africa Cup of Nations continuing too. Um, what else have we got coming up? The golf, will you follow the American Express Championships oh, much? A few of the Australians getting back in action now. We're all getting towards um, the West Coast swing in America. I think Adam Scott's playing in Dubai as well. Rory McIlroy, he's Adam Scott starting his, um, his 2024 off in Dubai rather than on the PGA Tour, so that's interesting. But, yeah, it'll be soon enough. What are we, midway through January? A bit, bit through midway through January, the, the Masters will be around in two and a bit months' time. It comes around really quickly, so... I heard that Dick Fain, he was very keen on Cam Davis mm. this morning, wasn't he? So yeah, he's, he's going yep. to win on the PGA Tour soon. And Cam's a phenomenal golfer. Like He's a phenomenal ball striker, and he, he can go low. He just probably needs to get a bit more consistency across four rounds in his game. We saw him lead the Sony Open in Hawaii after the first round last week, shot eight under to start off, and then sort of hit a bit of a flat spot over the weekend. Still had a good finish, but... He, the key to him is just getting a bit more consistency across the course of a, a four-round tournament. Uh, and on Dick Fane, as far as the NFL goes, week two of the playoffs this weekend. Houston are at Baltimore Sunday morning, then Green Bay at San Francisco uh, after that one. Then on Monday, Tampa Bay at Detroit, followed by Kansas City and Buffalo. He's pretty keen to leave Kansas City and Buffalo alone, thinks 
Uh, that's going to be a, a pretty close one. But he likes Tampa to cover the line against Detroit. They're giving up a 6.5 head start. Detroit, um, very short off the back of what Tampa did. Uh, a little bit surprising, but that's where the money is. Uh, Green Bay against San Francisco likes the 49ers to cover the 10-point head start. And he likes Baltimore to cover the 10-point head start against Houston. So he sees uh, Baltimore and Green Bay as the two clear favourites for that, as the market suggests. It is 8.31 Australian Eastern Daylight Time, 7.31 through Queensland. We will be back after the news. We've got Samantha Dale, who is an Olympic hopeful, a long jumper out of the New South Wales Institute of Sport, a big year in the Olympic movement with Paris, uh, fewer than six months away. We'll be back soon. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. 20 minutes until the racing programs, I guess, across Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, which we're looking forward to chatting with Steve Hewlett and Dave Stanley in a little bit. And coming up shortly, Samantha Dale, a New South Wales Institute of Sport-based long jump scholarship holder and an Olympic hopeful. Love catching up with uh, some of our athletes across wider sports through this summer show. Uh, Will Davies and Adam Pengilly with you. Adam, big day at Melbourne Park, a big day in Adelaide too. A lot that we've enjoyed chatting about this morning. What are you expecting from Kawaja and Green with the first ball being bowled in a couple of hours' time? Morning, Will. Morning, everyone. You'd think the Adelaide Oval pitch will be at its absolute best to bat on Mm. probably today, maybe into tomorrow, the first half of tomorrow, day two and day three. So you'd think the condition is going to suit. I think they'll be very circumspect to start the day. Like Mm -hmm. two for 59, they're not in a... Yeah, fantastic position. A good position, obviously, but not in a faultless position. So they want to make sure they can just um, wear down the West Indies attack in the first sort of 10, 15 overs this morning. If they can build a base or a platform from there, then maybe step it up a gear. But I'm fascinated to see how Cameron Green goes. Mm-hmm. Me too. A lot of pressure on this recall. Um, I think he's going to be a very good player for Australia for many, many years. Whether number four is his right position or not at the moment, I don't know. But he's got a chance to, to, to really set himself up now and build a big innings and really make sure that he beds down that spot and the, the selectors have no regrets whatsoever about the decision to move Steve Smith up and bring Cameron Green back into, this, into the fold. Yeah, I think he'll make a half century at minimum today. I think he'll be very watchful. But those first few overs and that first session key, um, cloud clearing West Indies, need to take advantage. Uh, on the line now, we have Samantha Dale joining us, as mentioned, an Olympic hopeful and a New South Wales Institute of Sport long jump scholarship holder. Uh, Samantha, Good morning to you. How are you? Morning. I'm good. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you. Uh, big year for you. An early season leap of 6.71 metres and then 6.61 at the Brisbane Track Classic ahead of placing fourth at the Nationals was 6.36. How are you feeling about the way you've been performing and, uh, and, and what do you need to do in the early parts of this year to take it to the next level? Uh, so far, yeah, last season was really positive. Unfortunately, yeah, Nationals... I was injured, so it didn't quite come back to the international season. Um, but this year, as long as I start and then keep that through going towards the international season, I just need to stay consistent with the 670s and hopefully mm. higher. Um, and that'll look really good for me, especially coming up with the Olympics. Samantha, what's the next sort of six or seven months look like for you heading towards Paris? And what do you actually need to, to book your ticket and, and qualify for the Games later this year? Um, I either night hopefully jump the qualifier. So that's the 686, which is definitely the top goal there to mm-hmm. jump that qualifier to get in. Um, otherwise, it's actually looking really busy. Mm-hmm. I've got starting from the 26th of January, a comp almost every two weeks in Australia or in the domestic season for Australia and then hope 
hopefully going back then overseas to continue that up until when our qualifying closes for Paris. But yeah, ideally jump the qualifier before, so we definitely know we're in. For sure. Uh, 2022 was a big year. Um, you're one of the big improvers across Australian athletics. Uh, improved your distance 38 centimetres to a PB of 6.7 and then um, kept it going with a 6.7 to a fortnight later. What can you put those big jumps down to and, and, and what's the secret to unlocking that next sort of bracket in your distances? Um, I think it was pre-COVID I had moved coaches to Andrew Murphy and it was, again, just building through. We then had a year off because of COVID and everything got cancelled. So I think being that kind of almost helped me in a way to build in the gym and even just my speed and everything. And then, yeah, I was lucky enough to come out and show all my hard work that had paid off and have that massive improvement, which was really exciting. Um, and, yeah, I think it was just building in the gym, building at the track, and doing all the little things, which I probably hadn't worked on as a junior athlete as much. Samantha, I believe you were a really high-class netballer as well up until a few years ago, only giving away the sport in 2019. Tell us about your journey in netball and what prompted you to focus a little bit more on athletics career. Um, Netball I had just done as a very young age, and it was one of those team sports that I knew all all my friends were in there as well, um, and I just loved the sport. And then, yeah, getting older as I got older, I um, seemed to be a bit injury-prone in netball as well. But as I got older, athletics just seemed to... I enjoyed that more. Um, And I think I enjoyed that individual aspect of it where it was all on you and you had to put in the hard work. And if it didn't pay off, you were the only one that could fix that problem. Um, Whereas, again, that team sport, as much as I loved being with friends and everything, it was just a different aspect where I did just love the social side of it in the end, not so much the competitive um, training hard and having to work all as a team um, in that competitive area. Whereas, yeah, individually it was something about it just really stood out to me and I really enjoyed having that working hard and having that payoff in the end. Olympic Games, a massive event and and one of the, the pinnacles in, in so many athletes' lives and, and, a, and a wonderful goal to aspire to later this year. But what have you learned from the past couple of years competing at World Championships and the Commonwealth Games that, that hopefully for you can stand you in good stead to, one, reach that goal and, and two, perform well? Um, I think one thing is definitely it's a mindset you have to be in. Because I was in 2022, the jump was so big and I didn't quite expect... Commonwealth Games and then the World Athletics Championships it was a big jump and I think I wasn't in the mindset as much as I probably am now Um, so it's just learning that mindset is very different from an Olympic junior athlete to then becoming a senior athlete aiming for the Olympics now Um, and yeah just making sure you're in that correct mindset. Sorry, Samantha, do you feel like you belong on that world stage now, given your experience at the Commonwealth Games and, and the World Championships? Yeah, I definitely do. And I think I'm very competitive. I can be very competitive on the world stage, um, which is exciting. And I can see it in training. It's now just putting it out on the track, everything I do in the domestic season and taking that now to international where all the best in the world are. And But I definitely think it's possible, um, and I belong there. 
A lot of repetition in sports such as yours uh, and based out of the New South Wales Institute of Sport. What does a typical day of training look like? Um, we alternate gym and track. So we're either in the gym at the Institute of Sport or we're just at Olympic Park Athletic Centre. And then we, I pretty much train during the morning from nine till midday and then I head to work and then repeat that pretty much most days of the week and have Saturdays off unless competitions. <laughs> uh, Samantha, I was reading a little bit earlier that you, you like to work with livestock and have a bit of interest in farming and love to own a horse one day. Where does this interest come from? What's been the background to, to getting involved with, with livestock and farming? Um, I think it comes from dad owns a beef cattle farm. So that's definitely an upbringing out of the farm and enjoying that lifestyle and I think I've always just had some type of love for animals I don't quite know if there's a massive history behind it in our family but yeah I think just growing up around the farm um, I've really enjoyed it and I moved to Oak Hill College for the agriculture and the sport Um, but yeah I've always loved being around the cattle and those livestock animals and yeah owning a horse would be great besides the (laughs) money that's involved in owning a horse (laughs) The lifestyle of it would be heaps of fun. Yeah, great time of uh, great time to be involved in horse race ownership. That's for sure. Uh, Samantha, <laughs> really enjoy uh, having you join us and giving us an insight into how things are going. And, and best wishes for the most immediate future, but also over the next six months or so, with hopefully booking your ticket to Paris. Thank you so much for having me. Real pleasure. Samantha Dale there, an Olympic hopeful and uh, promising Australian long jumper. It is almost 8.50 through New South Wales and the ACT and 7.50 in Queensland. We will take a quick break and preview the racing shows next. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. Will Davies and Adam Pengilly with you. It is Thursday, the 18th of January. Um, we've loved your texts and, uh, and all of the feedback throughout the week. Um, Gary, appreciate all of your thoughts as well. Um, hopefully find Gary a big winner tomorrow. We've got the multi. Um, <laughs> he wasn't happy, Gary, was no, he? He's, he? Look, he's, he, he keeps everyone honest. And yeah, you can that's tell good. there's uh, a lot going on for Gary. Uh, I would suggest from what we've read this week and last week, and we read usually, he's a, a highly intelligent man. But mm. I would love to know what Gary extracts from the various experts we have on the line and the tips that he gets. Um, just on the text line as well, Adam, one of the great mornings of my life. Adam Pengilly co-hosting the BSB. Uh, my day can't get any better. Regards, Lance from Point Frederick. This is a regular G up, yeah. Lance from Point Frederick, so very good. Yep, enjoying that one. And this, just on Finellan. If I was the New Zealand cricket selectors, I'd be picking him as an opener in the tests against Australia, which are coming up in a little while. The Aussie bowlers hate bowling to batsmen who attack them. Let's face it, the Aussie selectors took a punt on David Warner. He turned out okay. That's from Steve at Rudy Hill. And in case you had missed it yesterday in the T20 international between New Zealand and Pakistan, New Zealand now leads the series 3-0 after winning by 45 runs in Dunedin. But Finn Allen, 137 off 62 balls. New Zealand 7 for 224. Incredible, isn't it? Like... um to score that amount of runs in a T20 international is crazy. And you're right, David Warner was a virtual unknown when he played that T20 against South Africa at the MCG all those years ago. And remember, he smashed Dale Stain, didn't he, for mm. a couple of sixes over the leg side. And as they say, the rest is history. He had one of the finest careers of an Australian batsman pretty much ever in test history. Yep. Dave Stanley coming up shortly, but ahead of that, Steve Hewlett and uh, Radio Tab. Steve, good morning to you. How are you? Good. Well, I'm well. And good morning to you, Adam. Good morning, everyone. Steve, what's uh, what's on the uh, the menu today, Thursday, uh, on Racing HQ? 
Can I tease the listeners a little bit? Please. There's a young lady Please. that's coming on with us, a comeback rider. She hasn't ridden since March of last year. She was a, she rode a millions winner, Magic Millions winner, on a feature winner on Magic Millions Day a couple of seasons ago. So someone might know, but anyway, she is back and she'll be returning in the form guide in a few weeks' time. So we'll tell our listeners all about that. Look, Liam Birchley, uh, we're going to reflect a little bit with Liam because we've got a Queensland horse heading over for the big New Zealand race in a few weeks at Caraca or Caraca, <laughs> the Caraca million, million dollar race. And Liam's won it twice. He should have won it three times. He won it with Hardline um, Sister of Anna and he should have won it with Sarge in charge. But um, he's, got a, he's got a very talented youngster that'll be in the finish in Brisbane on the weekend, even though it ran seventh on debut. Very sectionally, very good. It took on the older horses called Dream Smart. So Liam Birchley's going to join us. The latest with Amelia's Jew and we're also there's a very interesting runner in Adelaide uh, Adam you would have seen this uh, jump jump out that Jamie Carr went over to ride uh, went back to South Australia to ride in a I think it was Murray Bridge jump out a few weeks ago called uh, uh, Kuro Yanagi an expensive written tycoon filly trained by Will Clark and Nicky O'Shea and it won by 100 yards and Jamie had a stranglehold on it it had a trial again earlier this week at Murray Bridge and of course won and it'll start about $1.50 or $1.40 at Gawler on Saturday when it makes its debut. So we're going to talk to Nikki O'Shea, the co-trainer with Will Clarkin, about uh, Kuro Yanagi running in at Gawler. Uh, the most interesting run of the day there on the weekend in SA. Good on you, Steve. We look forward to it. Always appreciate it. Have, uh, have a good show today across Radio Tab. Thanks, Will. Steve Hewlett there and in the studio with us, Sky Sports Radio today, Racing HQ, David Stanley. Good morning. Hello, Will. Hello, uh, Adam. Hello, Dave. How are you? Very good. Uh, I've got some information on Gary okay. from Sorry. Wadalba. No, because I think it's important information because he's part of the fabric of the show, yep, really. Absolutely. Because he's very, very underrated. Uh, committed yeah, underrated. to the cause. He's across a lot. I was at Mudgee. In mm. fact, we were all at Mudgee mm-hmm. uh, for the cup meeting on the Friday. And on Saturday... I had a bit of a punter's day at one of the pubs. <laughs> Why am I nervous? No, don't be nervous. Gary's cousin mm-hmm. is from Mudgee oh, nice. and was doing the meat ray raffles, um, the, the meat tray raffles. Yep. And uh, basically, I asked him. He said, mm. oh, look, I'm, you know, Gary from the show. And so I went, good. Gary from the show? And yeah. I was sort of thinking. So <laughs> he loves the program. He absolutely loves the punt. And I actually think it's half a G up. So some of the times when the messages come through, he's kind of like that that father figure or that, that uncle in the family that just wants to keep you honest. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I, I think it's a good read. I think it's I think, a good read. So that just gives you – because often we get a lot of texts from him. We don't yes. – some. You're just reading text, so you don't really know the context. But you once I found the family read, you can't connection, you can read a lot of it out either because you're going to trip yourself up. It's and like, I did. I asked. I asked Gary's cousin. I said, "Is you know?" And apparently, he'll go to family functions and say, "I spoke with the boys today, and <laughs> they've got me on the promos." And so it's a real yeah. part of the fabric, and that's we, what I love yeah, about the BSB. In a wider sense, we, uh, we we do have an incredible audience, and and it's been great to to sit on this side and and see it firsthand in this sense. But um, yeah, a, a rich and diverse audience, and we appreciate everything that gets sent in. We apologise if we don't get to all the texts and uh, and it refreshes and moves on quickly, but um, even if we don't get a chance to read them because there are other things going on, we do see them and we do he enjoy them. He just ignores them, Will. That's oh, just please. basically Will just saying, oh, I've just ignored that text that's through. <laughs> it's not true. 0419 767 Lance's number looks a lot like Chris Roots, by the way. That Chris Roots number. So fellow <laughs> member of the Nine Papers. Chris is going to join me this morning. Yes. Uh, because What's he got, got for us this morning? He's got a bit of news about... Uh, 
some uh, horses changing stables. Uh, he's very. I must admit, out of all the people that join me for their regular spot, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll get texts at six o'clock in the morning from Chris with you know his points of discussion. So he's right onto it. Uh, he talks about Jason Collett and he wants to talk about Chris Waller as well and uh, maybe going back to back in a golden slipper. So uh, looking forward. I think to, I know uh, where he's Chris. going with that one. Oh, have he... There's a, there's a nice two-year-old debuting on Saturday at Rose Hill for the Wallace Stable. What is okay. it with mysteries in the racing shows today? I Steve know, it's very good. Going. I feel like Cluedo with Steve, <laughs> like as an inspector. You've got well, mysteries, I, you've I, got yeah. a tease, Steve's got one. Oh, we like it. Keep everyone I guessing. I like it. So Chris will uh, join me a little bit later on. Also on the program, I'm going to chat with Tracy Bartley. Two new trainers I'm going to chat with. Jack Pilkington has got a really interesting mm. runner in a two-year-old race Uh on Saturday, he's only got one horse in the stable. He owns that horse. He trains it. He's got it racing on Saturday. So I look forward to Jack sending his voice messages via email to <laughs> Connections. You know, does, he, does he stand there after last and film the jockey and get the thoughts? I, I really hope so. Uh, Rod Bailey, another new name, uh, who has a horse racing today at uh, Wyong, a first starter that's been heavily back. We'll chat with Rod. Will Friedman will join us and John Thompson as well. So uh, good show. Hopefully some winners in there, boys, and... That's what it's all been all about. On winners, your tips are famous uh, in in the building and uh, my and tips are famous across the the network. Steve gave us a winner yesterday at Doomman Belvedere Boys two dollars ninety. I think it pays. Yes. Well, Anything standing out for you lately? Dave had a couple of good futures bet wins last year after years and years of trying. So. <laughs> I'll be keeping uh, keeping as close as I can. This Hello year. to my accountant listening, the <laughs> Minister for Defence and Finance at home. Um, uh, I would say today the best backrunner has been this Norton Road. Mm-hmm. Um, so very interested to see how it goes, and that's why I'm going to chat later with, with Rod Bailey. First starter, Anna Roper. Great to see Anna on social media. Just purchased a home, so mm. she's... Purchased us well, really in well. uh, in the Wyong area. Okay, so, fantastic. Um, I know that, yeah, so we'll chat with Rod, and hopefully Anna can start those repayments pretty quickly with a win today at Wild. I have no chance to ask you, how have you yeah. pulled up from the, the Gold Coast after after last week? Quite good. A lot of people thought it was a big party, but I was standing in front of... A lot of people. How hot is right. it in that auditorium? Oh, tell us about yeah, tell us about the fan I heard about this. So it was, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very hot, obviously. <laughs> very, very hot. And look, as me being a bigger bloke, when you see the little blokes under pressure as well... <laughs> You know it's hot. You know that it's just not you. Not really built for humidity, are you? No. And, and, and as I said, the, the skinny blokes there were, were under pressure. So you can just imagine. But that uh, particular screen I was in front of, that was on top of the grandstand. Underneath that grandstand is all the offices mm-hmm. where, you know, the if you buy a horse, you'll have to go into one of those offices, pay, et cetera, et cetera. So the hot air from those air conditioning systems was all there blowing on me. Um, so by the end of the week, I went from not being able to ride the picnics to ride at the picnics, yeah, uh, but we've, we're back into refresh mode well, we've, now. We've so, all okay. got a tactic in terms of starting the year yeah. uh, fresh. But a lot of, right I way. must admit, a lot of people thought I was out and about and swanning around and, no, and you, checking you're out. you're on the coverage, the, I saw you. Checking out, you know, various tab locations in, in the Gold Coast. I can tell you it was a lot of... Hotel sales back to hotel. Are you suggesting perception versus reality? Might be yeah, I idea. think it's uh, it's a wonderful art. David, social media, David, wonderful David, art. David. Um, always a pleasure to chat, Dave. Big show coming up on Racing HQ. Adam Pengilly, thanks, great Will. to have you in. Really appreciate your thoughts. A lot of cricket, a lot of tennis, a lot of great sport uh, across the football. Socceroos tonight against Syria. Day two of the Test. Day five of the Australian Open. We look forward to the multi being back tomorrow. Big sports breakfast summer show from six a.m. New South Wales and ACT. Five a.m. across Brisbane. And Josh Reynolds joining us. Adam, have a great day. Thanks, Will. You too. And to all of the listeners as well, have a great day. Racing shows up next.